And just want to take a second and thank Policy Genius. They're supporting today's episode of Success Story. I know we all have kids. We all have families we want to take care of. And I personally check something off major on my to-do list, life insurance. It's a tough topic. It's really hard to think about, but it's so important. And the hard part was sorting through all the options. Luckily, I found Policy Genius. Policy Genius is an online insurance marketplace that makes getting life insurance surprisingly easy. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for a million dollars of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Now, knowing my family's protected brings me incredible peace of mind. Don't put off this important decision. Check life insurance off your to-do list in no time with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Welcome to Success Story, the most useful podcast in the world. I'm your host, Scott D. Clary. The Success Story podcast is part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network, as well as the HubSpot Podcast Network. The HubSpot Podcast Network has other great podcasts like Marketing Made Simple, hosted by Dr. J.J. Peterson. Now, Marketing Made Simple brings you practical tips to make your marketing easy and, more importantly, make it work. If you like any of these topics, you definitely want to go check out the show, how to write and deliver a captivating speech, how to market yourself into a new job, how design can help and also hurt your revenue, creating a social media ad strategy that actually works. If these topics resonate with you, go check out Marketing Made Simple wherever you get your podcast. Today, my guest is Zeke Pike. He's a serial entrepreneur. He's the founder of Easy Automated Ecom and Credit Wipe. Now, Zeke's journey to greatness started in high school. As an All-American quarterback, he was often compared to Auburn star Cam Newton, and rightfully so. However, football didn't work out for Zeke. Through setbacks uh, and run-ins with the law, drugs, and a variety of other things, including landing in jail for six months, he realized that he had to find a better way to build his life. Although it didn't come easy, Zeke over time mastered the art of Amazon. He built his own empire selling on Amazon and then turned his strategy that he learned from scratch that generated seven figures in Amazon sales into a service he offered other individuals trying to launch and scale Amazon stores. This was his first business that he scaled quickly to over eight figures. This was only the beginning. We'll talk about his football career and journey, the drugs, arrests, near death, suicide, turning his life around, how he cracked Amazon, became the top 1% of sellers. He breaks down his full strategy in the pod and then how he's launched and scaled other businesses since. He came into this episode with some amazing perspective on life, success, entrepreneurship, and he definitely doesn't disappoint. You're going to love it. Let's jump right into it. This is Zeke Pike, ex-All-American football star turned serial entrepreneur. I mean, I think for me, it starts like my my drive for to be like just great in life in general, like started from a young age. Uh, my dad played 13 years in the NFL, so I grew up kind of like seeing that, not really knowing like what he was doing. You know, like to me, it was just kind of like my dad. Right. Like I didn't realize he played in the NFL, but to kind of see that lifestyle, like from a young kid, like it was always like attractive to me, like money you know, things like that, like, you know, that, that seemed big as a little kid, like it inspired me. And obviously I, I always wanted to play football and that's kind of like where my drive even began was, was, was in football, you know? And like my, my discipline was always kind of stemmed from that. And like, I wasn't always the most disciplined either, you know? And so for me, I, I guess 
I went through a lot of struggles in my life and and faced a lot of like real difficult situations and many of them were were self-inflicted like many of them were me just being rebellious and wild and like living life on the edge and then when I wanted to be you know follow my dad's footsteps and and have a chance to go to college and play in the NFL like I got all of that you know I was like number two quarterback in the country coming out of high school five-star quarterback all-american had offers to go full you know full scholarships to go play really anywhere I wanted to go and here I was like as a little kid that had these dreams and I got all this and my head was just like and it was just like over for me you know and I didn't handle that in the right way and that's why like it was over for you what do you mean like I I thought I was so much better and greater in in like bigger than everybody else like I really did like for me my ego was the one thing that really destroyed me in life at a young age and so I was able to get through it in high school because there wasn't as much publicity, but I got exposed when I went to college. And no matter how good you are, like you, you, it's, you're easily able to be exposed, especially in today's age with the way social media is like, it's everywhere. But when I came out of high school in 2012, it was like when Twitter just like kind of came out, like it was just kind of starting to like be a thing. That's when everybody got fucked. Yeah. And, and so like, (laughs) I don't even really like, I just didn't realize how powerful it was. Like I was a MySpace Facebook guy. Like, yeah, you yeah. know, like that's what I always was. And so And also you're coming out of your dad who was successful. Who, exactly. And you're like, I'm like probably God's gift of football coming out of high school. Like, I can do anything. Yeah. And and where I'm from in northern Kentucky, which is five to ten minutes from Cincinnati, Ohio, is is a very like big but small town. So it's yeah. like everybody knows everybody. And, you know, for me, there was a lot of pressure at a young age to fill my, I mean, I went to the same high school as my dad. So like there was this like, Oh, my dad was the only guy that ever went to my high school that played in the NFL. And then here I am. Who's like really the only other player that's ever come to the school. That's been as highly recruited and had that, you know, like longevity or that projection that that was what was going to happen, you know? And so I was told in high school, like you're going to the NFL. Like it wasn't even like, it was just like a no brainer. Like, you know, you're, you're going to go play at one of the top five schools in the country. And then you're going to go to, you know, go to the NFL. And so that for me, when I was going to high school was Auburn, Auburn university. That's when Cam Newton was there. And like, I remember, you know, taking visits and I was like, this is insane. Like, you know what I mean? Like I was hanging out with Cam Newton and I'm like, you know, it just, it was nuts. And it it was really, for me, it was like hearing people like, you know, ask me for my autograph, take picture with my babies, like at 16 years old, like what? (laughs) Like, who am I? You know? And so these were things that I wanted. And then when I got them, I wasn't responsible with them, you know? Okay. So, so, Right now, like at that age, like it's in your head, like obviously major in your head. Um, so what are you going into? You're going to college like uh, I'm Canadian. So yeah. so bear with me. I don't know the whole like like what is, is NCAA like and then you like go, go into to call or whatever. Yeah. So like for high school, like I, got, I started getting recruited like as a freshman, which is like really young. Like I started getting scholarships. That's not rare. That's not common. It's not common. It's not common. Okay. Yeah. It's like very uncommon. Um, and, and it started at a young age in you know, down here in South Florida is completely different. Like, there's some studs down here. Like, the best of the best come out of South Florida. So down here, you can see high schools where there's like five to ten kids on the team that are going Division One. Where I'm from, like in the state of Kentucky, there's maybe one, two, three guys a year. You know, so it's like completely different. We're talking like just South Florida. That's how much yeah. talent there is down here. And so, like, it was. You know, I was in the newspaper every weekend, and every you know, it was just like it was all the you know, it was all the time. It was constant. And anything I did negatively was also exposed. So what did you do? What what did like what? Things you want to talk about. Yeah, I mean, well, for me, it started in high school. Like, you know, I started just, like, wanting to, like, fit in with the normal crowd and, like, go out and party and, and like, you know, 
live this like fantasy life of, of like, you know, party on the weekend. That's like what you do. And like, for me being a highly, like a high, high level athlete, like I, I needed to, to have boundaries and have balance and I didn't always have balance and boundaries. And that's what kind of destroyed me. It was like trying to figure that out when I got to college for me, it was, it was alcohol. Like alcohol was, was really what kind of took me. And that's why, you know, I don't, I don't drink like, you know what I mean? I don't, you know, and it, it's, you know, I've, I still have had my battles with it over the years, but you know, that for me inhibits me in everything I do in my life. And so a, as an athlete, not to mention a quarterback, which is like, you know, the only player on the team that it's like everybody knows that person. Right. Yeah. So that was me. So in, in college, I started drinking, partying. And I'm like, you know, when I, I don't drink like a normal person, like when I drink, you know, I'm like, <laughs> they're like, oh, yeah, that's the he, yeah. So like at a young age, that was me. And, and, and I couldn't do that when I got to college. And then I'm a quarterback. You can't go out to the club and act that way. That I, It was acting in high school. You everybody, know, everybody's looking. Oh, everybody. And so it was just like it got. It, it, it got to the point where it was just like I got myself in trouble. I got a public intoxication. Um, and by the time I got back to my dorm room the next morning, it was on ESPN. Like, you know, freshman quarter, all, you know, five-star freshman quarterback, Zeke Pike arrested my mug shot, like this little kid, baby of a kid, like, you know, just lost, afraid, literally afraid, full of fear. Like, that's exactly what it was for me in my life, just like absolutely full of fear. And that didn't stop there. Like, you know, my, my time at Auburn was very short. I ended up transferring to the University of Louisville. And it, it really just kind of continued to spiral downhill for me. Like the negative publicity, like I hated it and I didn't know how to handle it, you know? And then when I went to, when I, when I, you're a role model, like exactly. A lot of people looked hero. and everybody expected me to make it like, yeah. you know, there was like, and I'm like, oh yeah, it's going to be easy. Like nothing, nothing's bad. You know, there's never going to be any like adversity. Like, you know, I just never, it wasn't like my life was, pre you know, I'm not going to say it was easy, but. You know, I didn't come from like, you know, a family that I had an amazing mother, an amazing father, like an amazing family that, you know, again, I never really struggled when I was young. I made a lot of poor decisions, yeah. you know, but I never really struggled. And so when I when I ended up transferring from Auburn to Louisville and I don't know, I, it became a point in my life where like, I don't know if I was playing football because I loved it or I was playing football just because I was good at it. Like, and I think that's really what it was for me. I think I did love football. But I think there was more the expectation, the pressure to play, knowing that I was good. Like, okay, if I just play, I'm going to make money. I'm playing the NFL. And so that's where kind of like that, that one, like I always thought at a young age, I'm going to make millions of dollars in the NFL. It's what I was going to do. Like being an entrepreneur was never a thought. Like my dad, my, you know, my dad passed away in December. So, you know, shout out to him. He's amazing. He's looking down. I love him so much. He's taught me everything I know in, in my life, 100%. But, you know, it, for, for, for him, it was like, you know, he owns health clubs and recreations, a recreation center back home. But it's not like the entrepreneur life is not what it is down here. It's just not that up and there. And also, like, he made a ton of money yeah. playing pro. I mean, he played 13 years, you know. That's a lot of money. If you're talking true entrepreneur, that's like no money. Yeah. To figure it out, right? Yeah. And so, you know, I'll be honest. Like, I thought that's what I was always going to do. You know, yeah. like, that's what I and, and then when I was at the age where I knew that I was going to do that, the pay was completely different than it was when my dad played, right? It's yeah. already complete. Now it's, it's insane compared to what it was, but it was already completely different. So like with my dad's time, it was a ton of money for them back then, you know? And so, but he put it into a business where my dad showed up and worked every day. Like he was, he was, he was an entrepreneur. He was an he entrepreneur, he he was an entrepreneur but he was a slave to his business. And like, that was like, you know, we, as he got older in life and I got to become an entrepreneur, we can talk about this later is like, 
he started to realize like I am a slave to my business. Like the worst thing you can be is be a slave to yeah. your business. Like you know, you know, 100%. and you, there's a point where you have to be for a little bit. But like the goal is to not be forever. How many entrepreneurs they just create a job for themselves? Yeah, right? and then they and then they they hate it, and they could have been making more money working in it. Exactly, company. exactly. So there was a lot of you know, there's yeah. a lot of expectations in in. But from a young age, like I knew I wanted to make money, like, and I thought I was gonna do that playing football. That was my way. Auburn, that happens, exposed, get to Louisville, and you know, it just kind of continued. I actually dated a girl for a little bit of time that ended up passing away while I was dating her. And it was just like so many things kept happening. I got a, I got a DUI, yeah. you know, um, just a lot of different things kept happening in my life to the point where I'm like, and then and then when it when I made these mistakes, I was exposed, right? Where like my boy or my buddy got a DUI, but nobody you know yeah, gave a shit that yeah. he you know that he got. I'm like, oh, that's cool, <laughs> you know. But me is like everywhere. So I, it took me a while to understand that I didn't like that. Like I wanted to run from that, right? Because I was embarrassed, I was humiliated, I was exposed. I didn't like that. Like I didn't want that. So I went to a dark, dark place. When, you know, and the girl I was dating at the time passed away. I went to a dark, dark place where I was like super depressed. You know, <clears throat> excuse me, didn't didn't really know like what I wanted. Like I was literally at a point in my life where I didn't know if I was supposed to play football. I didn't know if I was supposed to get a job. I didn't know if I was even supposed to be alive. Like that was just, that was what it was, you know? And so I kept searching my whole life for something to like fulfill me, right? Like I needed something to make me feel better. And that's where at point in time, I thought I found it in alcohol or drugs or partying or women or whatever that may be. It was like always searching for something more because I was never comfortable with who I was. 2016, I'll never forget. You know, I was at the point where I was like, done with football. I, you know. Did you, I, did you formally quit? I mean, no, I, I, I pissed it up. Nobody, nobody wanted me anymore. Like, I went from having literally every school in America begging me. I'm talking Nick Saban, Les, I'm talking the biggest coaches in the world. I mean, were, are begging me to come play yeah. for them to the point where they were like, hey, bro, fuck you. We're not touching you. Like, we don't want nothing to do with you. You're going to be nothing but negative for our, our, our and university. And, and, like, that's how, like, so I'm I'm maybe I'm ignorant. So even if you're like the best of the best, if you have negative press at that age, no one's touching you. I mean, it, it, you, dude, I got three chances. I, I didn't even tell you I went to Murray State. Like they went to another school after Louisville, which yeah. I was in no position to play football. But I was like better than sitting at my parents' house, you know. Yeah. So, but it, I had opportunities. I just blew them. Like I pissed them away. Like I I self sabotaged my entire career. And I don't know, I didn't, I shouldn't say I don't know. I didn't know what it was until now. Like, I've done some serious work on myself, yo. Yeah. Like, I've done a lot of work on myself. Like, I am, I'm, I'm far from perfect, yo. Like, I've done a ton of work on myself. And, you know, I had a lot of, like, built-up guilt and remorse and all these things that, like, I felt because, like, yo, I was supposed to be all this and then I wasn't, you know? And then it was you like. you feel like you did that because where you were at in your head at that point in your life, you're immature, or did you do it? And you're glad you did it because you felt like that wasn't what you actually were meant to do. I wasn't mature then, though. Like, I, I was so immature. Like, you know, like, it it, it, it took me, like, like, I guess when I fin- when I kind of finished where I was going, I'll explain more. But, like, it got to the point where I had a gun to my head. Like, I was going to end my life. Like, I was so high on Xanax and cocaine. I was up all night. Like, I was miserable. Like, I didn't talk to my mom and dad. I didn't talk to them for, like, eight months. Like, I was hiding. Like, I didn't know if I wanted to live. I didn't, like, I didn't really want to live, but I didn't want to die. Like, it was scary. I was miserable. And I was so lost because that was all I thought I had in my life. I was, I was supposed yeah. to, you know, it was supposed to be easy. I was supposed to go play in the NFL. And then it got to the point where it was like, nobody wanted me. Like, what do I do? You know, or, and it wasn't, and it got to the point where it was like, I don't even know if I want this, but 
I feel like everybody else wanted it for me or like I didn't have an, any other vision outside of that, you know? So that same night, I remember I was sitting on my porch and I was, I was just not in a good place. And I was like contemplating. I was like, I don't know if I want to, like, I, I don't know if I want to live when I die. I was like, it got to the point where I was so mad, like, you know, in such a bad shape that I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to go, I'm going to end my life. And I got in my car and I was literally driving back to the woods. This was in Murray, Kentucky, like <laughs> the, the sticks, like not a place to be driving and on the way, and this is like two in the morning, like bad, bad shape. Nobody's on the road. It's in the country. I'm like a half a mile from where I know I'm going to go. And I'm going to do it. And I look in my rearview mirror and there's red and blue flashing lights and I get pulled over. And it was like a moment where I'm like, do I do it now? Or, or is this God, right? Is this God like yeah. intervening, you know? And, and, and it was, that's what it was for me. You know, it was like some, something greater than myself that came and, and, in that moment, stopped me. I spent the next 364 days in jail. Like, I was in jail, locked up. Nobody could save me. Facing 15 years in prison, like, you know, because of what was, you know, what was found in the car, you know, X, Y, and Z. And it was, it was, was scary. Like, I was in a dark, dark place. Yeah, you aren't dead. <laughs> but I was still alive, yeah. you know? And so it was in that, like, in those moments in that cell that, like, I found who I was. Like, I found, and, and I'm not going to say it was easy, and I'll get there. Like, it wasn't easy after this. Like, that's where I found who I was, though. And, like, that's where I found that, like, I'm okay with Zeke. Like, my whole life, the real issue was I was full of fear. And I still, every single day, I have to check myself. Like, fear of failing or fear of never accomplishing what I want to have in life. Like, and, and that's a scary place to be, you know? And so it's, like, I think... That's the one thing now in my life and as an entrepreneur, like I don't have fear and it can be really bad at times because I'm like too yeah, yeah, quick yeah. to do things. But, you know, it was it was in prison that like not only did I find who I was, but like I came to really like have a relationship with God. And like that's a huge part of my life and in everything that I do. And, and it's really because of him that I'm here. Like it's it's and that's what I believe in. Call it what you want it. But like. I believe that something like, you know, my God saved me on that night because I was fully prepared to die that night. And like, it's scary when I look back because I've never sent like since that day, I've never, ever, ever got, been there, like never gone back to that place never mentally. Never been in a spot that dark. It scared me so bad mentally that when I got out of when I got out of jail, I actually started speaking. It happened so quick. I got an opportunity to speak as soon as I got out of jail. They wanted me to come in. They were like, we want you to talk to our school. So I'm like, okay, I like walk in and I talk to the entire school and like these kids are just like, like they're, I mean, they, I, you know how when you used to have like assemblies, like it's, yeah. it's like, this shit's so gay, like, you know, yeah, but, yeah. but like so a lot of it, but like you could tell, like it wasn't like that, you know, I would have, we would have, like the kids would have been all rowdy and like yeah, yeah. these kids were locked and you could have heard a pin drop and that's when I knew yeah, like. I don't think I ever had an assembly where they had somebody just no. came out of jail. And I was raw, you know, I was like, yeah. just gave it to them straight. <laughs> Like, if you continue, you will fuck your life up. <laughs> like, it was, and at this point, I was like, so, you know, I was so scared. Like, I just did 364 days in jail. I'm a big dude. I'm 6'6, six, six, you know, 275, 80 pounds right now, 50 pounds too heavy. But I was scared, yo. Like, I was scared in there, yo. Like, scared to sleep, you know? Like, yeah. I was, you're not in there with friendly people or happy people. But, you know, I also, at the same time, was able to impact some people in there as well. Like, I was able to, you know, be a leader for some of those people in there. You know, you have to, you know, you're locked up, right? You better, you know, be friendly with somebody, right? So yeah. I was able to form relationships and it was like kind of in there in that moment from there to the time I got out when I was speaking that I realized like God had something for me, like greater, like, so like other than football, right? Like I, I started to see that. 
like, I don't really know what it is. So I started speaking and I had, I had an organization and we were like, I got like, I probably spoke at like 250, 300 schools, high schools, middle schools, universities all across the country. And <clears throat> these kids were just like, I mean, they were just so impacted and, and I was impacted by them, you know, because I, I, it was like in those moments that I was like retelling myself my story and, you know, reminding myself like, you know, it's very, you know, and I had a good, like, I had a good parents. I was, like, raised the right way. Like, it can be, like, I can only imagine, like, if you're not, if you're not, in, you know, if you didn't come from, like, somebody that does. And, like, I have so much respect for people that, that don't and that can have the discipline and the drive and the understanding to know that there's something out there that's more than what you think, like, you know. Yeah. And so it was for me that I realized, like, maybe there is more than football. And so when I was speaking, you know, like, I'm telling my story, but it was, like, I was really good and I got out of jail here I am telling you, like there yeah. was, there was not the end that I wanted to the story, right? It was also not a happy ending either. Exactly. Yeah, like you, you had a shitty point. Exactly. Life, and everyone's like, "Okay, what next?" Exactly. And yeah. so, and then like, like what? Oh, you just got out of jail, and like, now, like so, <laughs> and now like I'm a speaker. Like, oh, this guy. What, what kind of people get out of jail and they get a job to go into high schools and middle schools and speak? Like, it was insane. But for whatever reason, like God opened that door for me, and like I took it, and that was kind of like when I realized, like, yo, I'm very like. Pe I'm I, like when I walk in a room, I don't say this like I it's it's a gift that God's given me like it's just a presence. Right. And so I have a choice. And, and I think we all do. Right. We all have a choice to, on our presence in terms of how how we, we handle ourselves. And like I still work on this every day, you know, um, but it was kind of like in that in those moments where I'm like, do I need to continue to like tell my story or is there something more for me? Mm -hmm. And I knew at this point, like I was still dealing with the, like a lot of emotional and mental stuff that like. Again, you know, I was speaking, but it was like, oh, I went through a lot of things. I saw some, some fucked up shit in jail. And, like, I had some things when, as a child that, you know, were, were unfair to me, you know, and, and, and that other people deal with. It's the same shit. You know, we all, we all have faced things in our life. And I think the one thing that is repetitive over my life is, like, no matter what happened when I, when I was down and I was kicked, like, my dad raised me to always get back up. Like, get up. No matter how bad it is, get up. You know, and so... For me, it's like that's what it's always been. And I knew there was something more for me. I literally came down, I checked myself into a treatment center down in South Florida because I was like, I don't like there's something wrong with me, right? Like there's more. Like this is all before I realized all these like all these little voices, these little, you know, fears and things inside of me that were, were killing me, you know, and then the, these things you have, that you're, you have self-awareness. You're like, yeah. I've self-sabotaged everything. Exactly. So and me, I'm like, that's me. not normal. Like, yeah, that's yeah. not normal. I'm looking at like normal kids that are the top five quarterback in the country that has like, they don't, they don't do that. You know, yeah. they don't. And, and so for me, like it scared me, right? Like for me to get five DUIs and like, yeah, after the first, after the second one, do it again, like after the first one, do it again. But like after the second, third, and then the fourth, like, and for me, it wasn't always drinking. Like I got to a point where I was like really, really heavily like reliant on, on Xanax because of it, it numbed me, you know what I mean? And so it was like, <laughs> this was all like, you know, 2015, 2014, 2015, 2016. And, you know, I moved down to Florida in 2018, um, into 2018, no, beginning of 2000, into 2017. And I, I just completely focused on myself. Like that was it. Like I didn't come down here. I had no idea. Like I thought I was going back home. Like I was just coming down here just to like get away. I needed to work on myself. I thought I was hundred percent going back home. And I just felt like there was more here for me. And I thought it was football. Like, I still thought it was football. You know what I mean? And so 
I'm like, I'm going to train to play football again. Like this time I'm like, look, I'm just going to the league. Like forget yeah. college. That clearly didn't work. So I'm like, I'm just going to try. I'm going to get an agent. And I'm going to go. And like, it was a complete long shot. And, you know, I trained really hard for like a, you know, 18 months straight, really, really hard. I was in the best shape of my life, a lot better shape than I'm in now. Um, and, and I, I finally got an opportunity, I got an opportunity with Indianapolis Colts. Um, and I went up to Indianapolis for a few months. It wasn't long. But it was enough for me to go back up there and put the helmet back on my head and get back on the field and, and in the huddle. And you know what? There was somebody better than me. And that's okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like it just inspires me to work harder in 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 the things that I do now in my life. Because again, I've understood that maybe God's trying to tell me, like, yo, football is not okay, the so plan I'll, that I have for you in your life. I'll ask you something. <laughs> After so you put 18 months in post jail and you're like, I'm trying to figure out my life mm. and it doesn't work out. How do you not spiral again? I think I had an understanding of myself finally. Like I had, an, like I was trying like, when I like I was all constantly trying to like hide. Like I, I don't hike hide. I don't even know from what. Like I was just full of fear. Like yeah. I was really full of fear, and it was like all this pressure and expectation that I don't even really think other people were putting on me. Like I was putting on myself, and like I don't know why. Maybe it was because I thought like you know I had to make it to the NFL because my dad played. You know, like I don't know if, but I, it, it definitely like my dad never put pressure on me. Which is what's crazy, like you That's know, insane. He never, oh, dude, my so many parents that yeah. are pro, never they, like destroy their kids. That yeah, way. never ever put pressure on me. It was like you know, obviously he wanted me to play, right? Yeah. You know, because he he loved it, right? Like, he loved watching me, but never ever put put pressure on me to play. Um, but supported it, you know, and like I think it would have broke his heart if I said like you know I don't want to play anymore from a young age. But he would have definitely like you know it, there wouldn't have been any love lost, and so. Even at the like, he didn't he didn't push me to go try to play again. Like I wanted to do it. Like I don't. I, I think I wanted to do it because I was like, damn, if I like continue to live my life, like I'm gonna really have some serious regret that that's the way my career ended. Like I would so much rather my career ended the way it did, where I'm like, I trained for 18 months and I had a shot to go play in the NFL. Yeah. I got a chance. I had a shot to play in the closure. XFL. You got closure on it. Yeah, and so it was like I got closure on it. And at mm -hmm. the time, you know, which you know kind of takes me into like the whole entrepreneur thing is like. I didn't have time for a job then either. You know, I was training like, you know, between training two times a day and then, you know, taking care of my body and recovery and, and, you know, nutrition and everything else. Like I didn't have time. So I'm like, you know, what do, what do I do? Like I have to figure out a way to make money. And that's when I got involved into e-commerce and, and that's, you know, when it all started. Cause I'm like, I used to sell Jordans and Nikes and shoes on eBay. Like, that's what I used to do. And I used to hustle. I used to love shoes. I was this kid, dude, that used to <laughs> camp out at the mall, yeah. like, to get shoes. And I used to buy, like, three or four pairs, and I would sell them. And I'd only buy three or four pairs because they never had my size. I wore a size 13, like, when I was in, like, fifth grade. So, like, they only had one, so I never got them. So that was kind of I – started, I started selling again. And this was when, like – it was. this was, like – post-pandemic like all post-madness like or sorry pre-pre-pandemic pre-pandemic yeah. all like you know before the real spike in the e-commerce market and we were like i was like kill, i was like really making some like really good money right, so really how do you easy. start i want to know okay so <coughs> you come from like zero business experience at this yeah. point outside of what your dad's done right. even your dad never really scaled yeah so how do you start this i'm trying to think of what it was that uh, you like you go you go set up a Shopify store. What do you no, do? Oh, you want it? Yeah. in terms of what we do now or no, how no, I got like what you did when you started? So when I got started, I was like all the stuff that didn't go. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, I was like, you know, there's got to There's like Amazon. I kept I kept buying stuff from Amazon, you know, and I'm like Amazon. Like, so I'm like, 
somebody's selling this, right? Like it's like I, I was it clicked for me. Like this is eBay, right? Yeah. Like you know, so somebody's selling. Like this is this is so I can do this. And then I was like, I like shoes. You can't buy enough shoes, right? You can't like I couldn't at least at the time. And like the margins weren't like I, I didn't have a wholesale sell yeah. Jordans for a good price. Like so like there wasn't you know. So for me, I'm like, I wonder if I do this with just like any normal product, right? Like any normal product that could possibly sell, right? Yeah. So drop shipping. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I just started thinking like, you know, okay, I start I started drop shipping from like literally like Home Depot. Like home, like that's where I started. Like I so was did you you didn't even do like the thing where you go like overseas, you go to like AliExpress or some shit, you find a cheap product. You were well, like finding I, deals I, in the I, I I I I did eventually like yeah. I have used Alibaba, but like yeah. in the beginning, like I didn't even know what Alibaba was. Like yeah. I was like a Home Depot, like I wonder, you know. Like online, I would just like search for different deals. Like you know, every time, every certain certain times of the year, there's always certain things on sale. It's yeah. every year, it's the same. And so, I was just like look for little knickknacks, like nothing crazy, like literally the smallest things that you would see in a hardware store. And I was like, like, and that's where it started for me. And then it kind of like progressed into to selling a lot and and, and figuring out products that were really easy to get and that had great margins, which is when we got into like more international market yeah. where we started using Alibaba and we were like, I was like, wow, this is really easy like to make really good money. Like these products are really cheap, you know? And I just kind of like started doing that more and more and more and more. And like, you know, it got to the point where I wasn't really having to do, I wasn't really having to add any more products because the products that I had were like pretty good. So I had like just a stable amount of products. This was like, I don't know, probably like when I, I don't even know, two a year after I got down, probably before that, because I kind of started selling before I started training, because I was like, I don't want my, oh, almost so you getting. you doing this at the same time, like sort of, but not really. I was like, all, my, my mom and dad were like, dude, you got to get a job. Yeah. And I was like, fuck that. I'm like, I'm going to just like milk it as, so that's when it started. So it, it, it started kind of be, definitely before of like a job for football, but it was when I got football that like I had time at night and yeah. I would just like. It, I had it worked with my schedule. Like I'd wake up in the morning, I'd make sure if I had any orders, I'd fulfill them, and then I'd be good all night. And at night, I'd have some messages. I'd have to, like it wasn't really a lot. And then it got to the point where I was like, Amazon does all the most of the heavy yeah, working for you. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so then I was like, damn, like I can if I can just like hire a couple people, then surely this can be like pretty easy, right? Like they can just do this stuff for me. Like I don't even have to worry about it. And then that's when I like found out about like Fiverr and like yeah. some of these other like websites that I was like, oh, okay, wow. And then, so that's for me like kind of where it started. After that, it, you know, this is this is when drop shipping was like good. You know, now you can't drop ship unless you have a warehouse. Now. No, I was gonna say because like I'm even curious like how did you how did you like differentiate? Because I feel like everyone I was straight drop shipping. I was straight. Everyone says like everyone says go sign up for drop shipping. It seems like everybody's trying to do it. No, dude. I mean, it, it, yeah. everybody's trying to do it because. They're doing exactly what I'm about to tell you. They're literally hiring people in India, yeah, and they're giving them access to the Amazon store that they just sold for thirty, forty thousand dollars, and they're paying these Indians a thousand dollars for it. Like, and it's all the, the, the then they're not doing anything, and they're drop shipping what's not within terms of service of Amazon, and they're they're getting their store shut down, and they're like. What? You know what the hell? Well, that's what people are doing. That's now. what's happening. Yeah. yeah, and so like I face these issues on my own. Like you know, I'm like they got to you a point were earlier. This now is people like people are going into it now. And yeah, shut down. Okay. And so like we started seeing this because there was a point where you could drop ship and they didn't give a shit. Yeah, like this is all right when the pandemic happened and everybody starts like everybody started rushing to buy on Amazon and then there's people that are like, 
I'm out of a job. I'm going to milk this unemployment as long as I can. And then I'm going to sell on Amazon. But they suck, right? Like, they don't know how to sell. Like, you can't just, like, start – you can't just start getting – you can't just hop on Amazon like, oh, I'm going to just sell. Like, you know, so it became a very bad experience. And then when the pandemic happened, in the the middle of it, shipping, everything was destroyed, right? So it was terrible. So Amazon was like, we have to crack down because – we're like it's our it's our we're allowing it to happen right we're allowing them to to drop ship so essentially using these chinese suppliers that we don't we're not you we're not like we couldn't get anything saying now you need a warehouse because you have to like have like the prime (laughs) delivery two-day delivery and all like the this the quality you have to have an infrastructure like amazon wants you to have an infrastructure right like they they've created an incredible platform but they want you to have an incredible business like they want you to to run it at a large scale, if you can, like those are the clients they're looking for, right? Yeah. For, like, they don't need more sellers, right? Like they don't. If three hundred, they use three hundred million active users a day, and literally less than two million sellers. That's insane. You know what I mean? Like that's really those are those are crazy numbers. And so there's there's too many buyers, and there's there, there's 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 too many buyers, and there's not enough. Is that right? There's too many buyers, not enough sellers. Too many buyers, not enough sellers. There's not, there's not enough sellers right now, and yeah. so. They said the sellers that are the sellers that are jumping on quick. They're shit sellers. They're yeah, not exactly. Which yet. is why they've kind of like you know they've come in. They literally Amazon will sometimes make you get on a Zoom call like and verify your identity so you're not just like setting up you know store after store. So for us like we have over 150 stores. We don't have any stores suspended. Zero stores suspended. So you see, so how okay so then so you, I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode HubSpot. Now as a leader, you're always on the lookout for more ways to arm yourself with knowledge, the books, the seminars, and most importantly the podcast that help you make the best possible decision for you, your company, your customers. Because when you know more, you can apply more and you can grow. With HubSpot CRM platform, you can store, track, manage, and report on all the tasks and activities that make up your relationships with customers. With a bird's eye view over all your customer interactions, HubSpot empowers your decision making like never before. So you can give your business and your customers all the good you've got. Learn how to make your business grow better at HubSpot.com. You figured out the process to mm-hmm. scale up and do this properly. So you're within Amazon's terms of service. So the way that you deploy these stores, obviously it's the way that works. Yeah. So what's the way you're supposed to do it now? Like, how, like what's your strategy? So there, there's, a, there's, like, there's three different models that we use. So we do, we do use FBA, and FBA is great. FBA is fulfilled by Amazon, which is you know, where you'll essentially buy products in bulk, you'll send them to Amazon, and they'll carry the heavy labor for you. The key is in finding the products, right? There's yeah. millions and millions of products, and not every product has a margin, you know? So there's a huge, huge um, need in, in for us in this space to develop relationships with brands and, and certain distributors that have relationships with brands where we can sell product that we want to sell and be and it's okay. Like, we have the right to sell X, Y, and Z, you know, product, whether that's a toothpaste company, you know, Sensodyne. Like, we're working with some companies right now that are pretty big companies, and I can't say any names, but, like, would put us over the edge, like, in terms of, like, dude, there's no telling what it's going to look like at holiday season, but you really have to have the infrastructure in place. And so, for us, like, I did the Indian, I did the whole, like, Indians thing, you know, where I was like, I'm going to go to India and, like, and the, and it was it was okay at first, but it got to the point where now like Amazon would rather have one seller that's really really good than ten that are really really bad. So the three things that we do right now, or the FBA, which is we're sending in, we still do drop ship, but we drop ship within terms of service. So we'll buy products in bulk. We'll actually package 
re, you know, repackage, label, and send it directly to, to the to the buyer. Okay. So that's kind of a, what we call like our hybrid model, which is how you're supposed to drop ship. The reason why people can't they can't you know they can't show a warehouse, they can't show proof of receipt for purchasing these products, they can't show some of these things if they're just you know drop shipping it from from an, another website. So. That that's that's the second thing that we do, which is called a hybrid model. The third thing is is white and private label. So we private label. We'll, we'll create customizable packages, and this is more for like our higher tier clients that understand the importance of like PPC campaigns and ads and yeah. kind of you know really the, what it takes to run a business. To be honest, like people look at this and they're like, oh well, you know, forty five thousand dollars. You know that's a lot of money. Like yeah, but if you're making twenty five hundred dollars a month, like go find that in real estate. Like you can't find that in real estate unless you have a loan over your head. And like with interest rates right now, like I mean they're not going any lower anytime soon. So it's like my personal opinion, it's it's a great opportunity. It's just people don't sell it the right way. So so when you're talking about that, so I'm not even talking about like 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 people that are sitting at home that don't look for help because that's something that you should be doing anyway. Yeah. But what you're doing is actually like listen. We have the playbook. We know the, the terms of service. We've done this like two billion times. Yeah. We're gonna set you up. Right. And and the thing is, <coughs> and I think it's important to figure out like when somebody's looking to start on Amazon, a lot of people probably figure it out themselves and probably screw it up a yeah. thousand times, kind of like you did before they get it. Um, <clears throat> but there's also a lot of people that teach and like coach how to set up on Amazon. Yeah. So when somebody's like never touched Amazon before, how the hell do they know to go to you? Versus like the twenty five hundred other people that have YouTube videos yeah. and websites because it's like wild west. Nobody right. regulates. I mean, that shit. we're the type of company, and excuse me, I actually we have a warehouse in Kentucky, okay, so which is where I'm from, and is that the, the warehouse you're talking about the other day when you were like I'm setting up another? No, th this is what I'm gonna say. So we oh, had yeah. a we had a where we have a warehouse in Kentucky that we've been, but we want one we have to scale. We need more space. We're we're scaling quickly, which is yeah. great. It's a great thing. But we want people to come in. Like we want people to come visit us. Our warehouse in Kentucky is like a warehouse, yo. Yeah. Like we, it's, like we were at the knit and grit when yeah. we got that thing. But now it's like we want people to come in, come in, come see what we're doing, come sit down with us. Like nobody can do that in this industry. Like show, show me a company that can do this. Not one. Like what are you gonna fly over to Bangladesh? Like no, it doesn't work like that. You know what I mean? So it's like that's why we got our building in Miami. One because we can. We have yeah. the money to do it. We're scaling appropriately. We have 150 clients that are super happy. We turn down clients all the time because we want to work with good clients. We want to work with clients that understand this is a long term business. If you want a drop shipping store, go get a drop shipping store. Yeah, and come see me in four months. You know when what I mean? Screwed up when when it shut down, money, yeah, yeah, and you're like, oh, can you help me? Can you get my money back for me? Like, like I should have listened. You know, cheap yeah. is shit. You know, anything cheap is not good. And so. We attract a specific client where it's like, you know, if if you, you know, there is a couple, there's probably a couple people out there. I mean, there's people that we work with mentor wise that are incredible coaches, right? Like I'm not any different. I have mentors that I have in my business that are, I see, I know they have courses and stuff. So yeah, you can absolutely go do it yourself. But the client that we attract is the client that doesn't have the time to do it, you know, or they, they're looking for a passive income because their nine to five job is just barely enough, you know, like they need something that can, you know, and right now, dude, with inflation up, like shit is not cheap and it's not getting any, you know, it's not getting cheaper, at least well, I mean, for like a you while. Never, yeah, you're preaching to the choir when you're talking about like finding ways to diversify your income. Like, yeah. I'm an operator in a company still. I do this podcast, write a newsletter. Like I, I do a lot of shit. And I know people that diversify. So this is something that like, 
it's smart to figure out ways to generate right. revenue on the side. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're working. And I didn't ever really plan to like do this for other people until other people started asking. And that's yeah. when I figured out I was an entrepreneur. Like it never even clicked for me. Like I thought owning a business was like what my dad does. Like yeah. you build it, you put the stuff in it, and then you show up to work every day. Like yeah. I thought that's what a business owner was, right? It's not. Like it's not. You know, like you can I mean, you know, you own multiple companies, you know, like that's what's that's the beauty of being an entrepreneur so like for this space when i that clicked for me and i was like wow if i can make this on my store and then somebody would be like oh i want you to help me like you know friend yeah. of mine i want you to all right well it takes me time right my time is money and then i started doing the math put the numbers together and then you know it kind of just started from that and this is like again this is like five years ago you know six years ago whatever whenever i first got down here five years ago was when i kind of got and and since then it's like I knew that at some point in time, this was before the pandemic. I knew at some point in time, Amazon would would get would get tight, yeah. because their platform's too good, right? It's just, it's too good. They don't need that many sellers. They need if they have too many sellers, and they're just gonna keep growing. Like they want to make sure that they're growing the right way, you know. So I think for us, we saw the longevity in in Amazon and just in e-commerce in general. Like it's just starting for all of us and we we're all victim to it like we all do it all the time i mean i buy stuff on i mean i buy it every day like, you know, i buy everything on amazon yeah going away. and so that's the other thing where it's just super attractive like you know even right now like the crypto market is freaking bleeding you know it, it's it, it's got not, it's gonna get worse before it gets better the stock market is getting ready to take a massive crash and and inflation's high you know interest rates are high like real estate market's high like E-commerce is is the only thing where it's like we're not getting affected no matter what. Like send a pandemic our way, cool. We love it. Yeah. Like you know we we win, we thrive in times like this because everybody else is freaking out. Like and we're not. Like so I saw consistency in that, and I was like, if I can just really put the time, energy, and effort, and I tried it. Like I've tried working with companies overseas. I've tried working with other people, and all it is is taking a shortcut, right? It's like taking a shortcut, taking the easy way out. Like, have somebody else do your shit. Like, no, it doesn't work, you know? So I was like, I'm going to do it myself. Like, nobody can do it better than me, you know? And so so I, I started doing it. My brother-in-law works for me. Jake, he's he's incredible. Like, he literally left his job to come work for me. Like, he had a job paying him six, six plus figures a year. Like, completely fine. And he was like, I'm miserable. I hate it. I hate going to work. I hate my boss. And I'm like, bro, you can work for me. I can't, I don't, can't guarantee you that we're going to make that much, but dude, the pandemic hit and we went nuts. Like we did, you know, five, $6 million, like in, in just in sales, like in, in our, you know, in stores. Right. Like, and, and then we kind of got to this point where it was like, Hey, we got to slow down and make sure that what we what we have is right, like what we're doing is is good, and and we were still drop shipping at this point, right? We were doing small FBA stuff because yeah. we 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 saw a, a future with it, but we were still able to drop ship. And then the pandemic hit, and I mean, we had like fifty stores get suspended, like shut down. And I'm like, I'm the type of dude that always stays liquid in my business just in case shit hits the fan. I'm like, I don't know, you know, like I I just want to make sure. But we have such good relationships with our clients, we didn't lose a single one. We didn't lose one single client. We were able to. I mean, we have a team. We have teams that are in place for things like that at the time. Now we don't even we don't even use them anymore. Like we don't need them. You know, we have one guy that knows what he's doing. If if a store is happening, ever get in trouble, but and I was like, man, I don't know if I'm in the right space, yo. Like, you know, because I'm like, but then I'm like, you know, this FBA thing is like it's working, right? Like we're seeing it work. It's slow, and we're used to like you know ten thousand dollars a month, fifteen thousand dollars a month on we were drop shipping, right? Like profit. Yeah. And it was like, you know, we, I couldn't wrap my head around only making $2,000 a month, $3,000 a month. Like, that's, I'm not, why? Why would I waste my time if I can do this, you know? 
but then you can scale up the stores too, right? Right. Like, yeah. And so then, as just as I was grew as an entrepreneur, right? Like I was young entrepreneur. You know, yeah. I I I came up, yo, kind of like came up. I just happened to be in the right field and do the right things at the right time. I came up, but it's great to like come up, but like I want to come up like at the end, you know. Yeah, and so yeah. I started realizing like. Even just with the amount of clients right now, like I don't need another client. Like even the clients are right out right now. I mean, my business is nine figures. You know what I mean? Like in in four years, five years from now, no it's doubt. Insane. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's like, and not only that, but like my clients have the ability to exit. You can't exit a drop shipping business. Like there's no exiting. Like what are you gonna do? Show me your infrastructure. Like yeah, uh, <laughs> here's well, my so product what you, sheet. No, but like, what do you mean? So now, like, so explain. Yeah, so you, you like can't exit. You can't exit a drop shipping. There's yeah. there's not really any exit to it. No, I know. So. So you have to scale up. That's the yeah, only way. But you have to do that by having the infrastructure, which is, you know, eventually getting to the point, in my opinion, in the space, you have to have a brand. You have to have some type of, so of not private label. So the, the goal for us is, like, we want to generate revenue, yeah. make you passive income, make you your money back, yeah. be completely passive, and then build a dope brand that we're going to sell for, like, my, my company could be, like, a oh, $500 million one day. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. So now, now that's where the exit opportunity is. So now I'm like, so, okay, yeah. why am I, like, I'm already, I'm making money, and, and like, I can be patient, right? Everybody's got to have, like, that long. So this, for me, is, like, I, I have a lot of power in my hands as long as we continue to scale. Okay, so how do you scale? How do you scale a good brand? How do you, or how do you, build, the, how do you build a brand that works with Amazon? And 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 yeah. all all ecom and then how do you scale that up? Like, what's the lever you pull? Is it like you you build a website? Obviously, you build social. I'm thinking like movement watches or shit like that. Like that's yeah. what I'm thinking. Like I mean, brand. it's it's yeah, it's we we have a jewelry brand um, it, that that is 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 pretty crazy. You know, like everybody loves like Cuban chains and all that. And so um, I don't know. Uh, if my wife wasn't here, I would I would show you. She has one. Uh, Brandon was taking pictures of them today, but it's like the margins are crazy. Like yeah. you know, think about it. Like and we're, the margins like, get a, even better when you have a name attached. I, I right? don't, yeah. I'm not even gonna say numbers on here, but yeah, it's yeah, just no, like cool. there. It's so. I mean, it's like two, three hundred percent margins, right? Like which is like insane. <laughs> like it's like nuts. So. It, but it's about finding something that's like you're gonna be able to build, right? Not something that's like all hot for like a couple, like a you know, like. And that's what a lot of dropshippers did. Yeah, they yeah. Find like a trending. Pro I, I've heard people talk about like I'll find some shit on on TikTok. Yeah. And I'll go to I'll go dropship that right. for like a month. Yeah. Like a hot and like a, like now that there's like all these different programs that really pulls, so to say, like products for you for dropshippers. It, it became really easy. Like they, you know, like just the same way now that more more softwares are being created for the benefit of FBA, like wholesale, you know, FBA yeah. wholesalers. That was the same with like all these different types of, you know, websites that people were using that was giving them information that the same people have. It's not hard to get on Amazon and see. What I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show and NetSuite has been a huge supporter for entrepreneurs, for business owners, because there's one thing that we all know. Business is about making money and it's about your bottom line. And the less you spend on the nuts and bolts of running your business, the more profits you keep. But these days, everything is costing more. Supplies, people, shipping. It squeezes your margins. And I've been there juggling multiple systems for finance, inventory, you name it each with its own cost and its own set of headaches. That's why I made the switch to NetSuite by Oracle. It's changed our company. Think about it. NetSuite is one of the top financial systems out there. It puts your whole business on one platform, accounting, finance, the works, one data source for everyone. There's no more mismatched info. And because it's in the cloud, it slashes your IT costs. No more servers, no more updates. Just access NetSuite from anywhere. With one integrated suite, your overhead drops big time. And here's the real win. 
efficiency. Everything's connected in NetSuite. Costs are ridiculous lately. Find a proven way to reduce your expenses and get better performance out of your team. It's a no-brainer, and that's what NetSuite offers. Over 37,000 companies have figured this out already. You have to join them. Right now, through to April 15th, NetSuite's got an incredible, flexible financing plan. Check it out and see the savings yourself at netsuite.com slash scottclary. That's netsuite.com slash scottclary. Hiring as a small business owner is a major pain. That's why LinkedIn is supporting today's episode. You need people with the right skills and experience, but finding them can take forever. It is incredibly frustrating to keep seeing candidates who just aren't a good fit, and that's why LinkedIn Jobs has been a game changer. Let me tell you a little story. We needed to hire a graphic designer, somebody with specific tech and software knowledge and the ability to truly understand our brand. And I started with all the usual job boards, and it's the same old story. Tons of irrelevant applications. No one's really matching my needs. I tried LinkedIn Jobs, and the quality of candidates was just on another level. People with impressive portfolios, relevant expertise. I finally felt like I was interviewing the right people. That's truly the power of LinkedIn's massive professional network. You're tapping into this huge pool of talent you simply wouldn't find on other sites. It's about finding those niche candidates you actually need. And with the right people in front of you, hiring becomes a breeze. Did you know that 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate on LinkedIn jobs within 24 hours. That is how well their system works. Honestly, do yourself a favor and try LinkedIn jobs next time you're hiring. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash excellence. That's linkedin.com slash excellence. Terms and conditions apply, but it's definitely worth trying out. I don't know about you, but the idea of being harassed, scammed, or even worse, all because somebody found my personal information online, that's terrifying. Our political opinions, our addresses, even stuff about our families, it's out there for anyone to grab. And did you know that data brokers are allowed to sell information on over 98% of Americans? It's scary stuff. That's why I've partnered with Delete Me. I personally use Delete Me. They're a big friend of the podcast because I put myself out there online. So safety is a huge concern. It's really scary how easy it is to find someone's details and information, but Delete Me creates a layer of protection that we all need. You tell Delete Me what you want gone, and they make it disappear from those sketchy data broker sites. And Delete Me doesn't stop. They constantly monitor the web to keep your information off those lists. It's like having a privacy watchdog that never sleeps. You need to take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. They're giving a special discount for all Success Story podcast listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash success and enter code success at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash success. Hey everyone, I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Now I don't have a lot of liquor sponsors on this show. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is actually one of my favorites. I've drank it for a few years now, and this is why we actually decided to work together. Heaven Hill Distillery, family-owned since 1935, is a great entrepreneur story, too. So there's five brothers. They filled their first whiskey barrels back in 1935, and their legacy still lives on today. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is aged over seven years. That's three more than required by the Bottled and Bond Act of 1897. 
This means the best quality, the best purity, and the best consistency. This is not just average bourbon. It's the winner of the double gold medals at multiple 2023 World Spirits competitions, and they've won the very prestigious Triple Still Award. It's a very big deal in the liquor and bourbon world. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond boasts an exceptionally smooth oak flavor, while its aroma offers a sweet blend of caramel and smooth vanilla. If you love bourbon, you need to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Think back to your last few days in the office. Did any of them leave you feeling really accomplished? Not the kind of day where you're running around like crazy, but where you've made real progress on something that matters. Because being busy doesn't always mean being productive. And I bet you we've all been there. And maybe it's time to rethink what it means to get things done. Today's episode is sponsored by Belay, and what they help you do is, instead of getting sucked into emails and to-do lists, they help you delegate tasks and focus on big goals. They can connect you with top-notch U.S.-based talent who are ready to take on those time-consuming tasks that bog you down. Let's be real. There are way more important things you could be doing than bookkeeping or wrangling a packed inbox. They have virtual assistants to handle all of those pesky administrative tasks or accounting professional to take care of all your financials. But here's the best part. You don't have to waste weeks searching for the right person. Belay's personalized matching service works quickly, sometimes matching you with the right talent to take stuff off your plate in under a week. Are you ready to try a different way of working? Check out Belay's list of the top 25 things you can delegate to a virtual assistant. It might just change your business and your life. Text Success, that's S-U-C-C-E-S-S, to 55123 to get the list and to start transforming your to-do list with Belay. The products are selling, you yeah. Know. But when it comes to a brand, it's just about establishing something that is going to be able, you're going to be able to put the money into it and know that it's like got a couple years to go. And so I think it's about finding the right product, but not about being like over, like overcomplicating it. You know, like, I don't know, like Gronkowski, like Rob Gronkowski's brother does the whole like ice shaker, like yeah. the, and like they kill it, but it's such a simple thing, right? Like it's not, you doesn't, you don't have to overcomplicate it. It's a cup. Like it, everybody, every day you see them everywhere. Like, and that's the stuff that like we start to think about is like, we can sell that. Like, you know, like we can sell that. Like, you know, my, my, my wife actually, just started a supplement company. Shout out to her, Boss Babe Supplements. I'll get her um, on here too. One yeah. Time. Yeah, yeah, and 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 dude, like it's this, it was the same way. She was like, dude, the margins are crazy, and all it is is marketing, right? Like, yeah. and and so that that is just about if you have a good product, like the marketing's easy, right? Like we, I've we're pretty good with the marketing side of things. It's it's about being creative, being visual. You know, what do people want? But it's about but like for that stuff do you use like a lot of ugc stuff like influencers you use like paid like yeah i mean everything like for it just depends you know like honestly like we can run just campaigns through you know social media you know and and get plenty of traffic and spend little little in Not terms of, of money, cost yeah. just because of the product right like so it depends, you know. There's definitely like celebrity, like influencers and celebrities are obviously great, right? Like if they're if it's legit and like their their following is it gets the engagement, then absolutely, like those are probably that's probably the best marketing you can get right now. Yeah. Um, but you also want to find some like at, like see, it's, it's also there's also a lot of influencers and, and like that are willing to just like put their name on anything, right? It's about like I tell I tell Dre, I'm like, 
but still looking for somebody right now. You know, they're looking for. They have a couple people that they've been they've been talking to. It's like find somebody that like really because they're, they're they're a women supplement company. So it's like obviously boss babes, right? Now. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but it it's like yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah. no, I got you. So it's like. Um, yeah, you know, like find somebody that compliments that, you know, and con- and can can be a, a but the, it will do that, you know. A lot of times it's not that complicated though. You just find people that don't show like PPC it. campaigns and like yeah. you know just running any type of campaign, whether it's a Google campaign. I mean, anything. It's it's these are like just about people seeing it, right? Like you, do you see, ever take it off, not take it off. Do you ever um do you like your own site, Shopify, or do you just try and stick? Yeah, it we use no, we use Shopify when we create brands and yeah. we use we use Shopify. Now we'll use Shopify more for like the analytics side of things and to be able to like just from more. the manageability side, it's 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 more friendly. Amazon also takes a cut. Yeah, well exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So you which, need like insane margins. Yeah, to, exactly. To, to which the margins that. are insane, but you don't have the control like that you can you can use when you're using Shopify. Yeah. So uh, when it comes to like a, your own brand. So on on Amazon, you know, it's just about having the SKUs, which is like, you know, every product has a SKU, right? So it's like you have to enter every single SKU one by one, you know, into Amazon. It's a lift to get it set up. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot. But after you get it set up, like, don't overcomplicate. Yeah, Play I mean, for our, for our clients, like, that's why we do what we do. It's for our clients. It's like literally all your responsibility is to literally one have the upfront investment, and two have the capital. We say fifteen or ten to twenty thousand dollars of initial upfront capital which is in a credit card it's not in cash you have to have that in, you know you can use that in the credit card and and you're fine you know what do you mean so, explain that is that for what's so, that for so the that? the credit card so we, again it's like for for real estate investors for whoever like use you know other people's money right yeah we always want to use other people's money and so we, instead of using our own money to buy these products knowing we're going to sell them right we want to leverage the bank's money. Like, bank give us money, you know, yeah. whether that's a credit card, whether that's a line of credit, whatever that may be, knowing that we're not ever going to max it out unless, you know, the store is scaling appropriately. But in the beginning, it starts on a low scale. Like, even $10,000 is a lot. You know, we may start the first month with only a $5,000 purchase order, you know, and, and it, the store scales slowly. So once that store is paid back, you know, probably by, the, you know, the, you know, say 45 days, you're paying it back, but you're getting paid every two weeks. Yeah. So every two weeks, you're paying your card. So, that's how I got, you know, that's how I started the credit repair company, you know, which we can talk more about too. But it was like, I see. Okay. So yeah, the yeah. credit, the credit point. So I like, I started hacking the credit. I'm like, wait a minute. Holy shit. I have like, uh, I, cause I, obviously I had my own e-commerce stores. That I was yeah. doing, I was, this is what I did. I was using, I, like, I don't have money to scale, you know? So I was like, you, I'm going to use you, the you bank's money. Credit. Yeah. And so that's where it all started for me on credit. You're not scared like, about like interest and shit if it doesn't scale like fast No, enough? I mean. I, I, when I was, when your drop shipping didn't matter, but now like we're, we have it down to like, again, that's why I say we, it's a slow scale. You know, yeah. we, we, we're not going to buy, you know, X amount of products month one if it's, they're not going to sell. But it's also like, like candidly, you're talking about five to 10,000. We're not talking about like 200, 300,000. Like, this is right. like a relatively small investment. Like if you, if you're working a good job, you could have 5,000 bucks that you could put towards product if it's going to sell anyways. Yeah. It's not that big uh, but, investment. But the, what get more people is the upfront investment. Of, yeah, I get it. Yeah, and and that's where we have to get people to understand is like, you know, but it's hands off if you do that, right? Yeah, and that's where it's like, you know, look, if you want to do it yourself, like you can, but you know, that's what we charge, and you know that you know we've had to raise our prices again. Shipping is more expensive. Everything's more expensive right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like we have to be able to keep up, and we're going to continue to scale to continue to provide the results that our clients I need. Get it, man, it's like business in a box. Yeah, like like I, I and that's know, what it is nowadays. Like that's what you want. It's interesting because like. 
I, I'm the kind of person that's always like, oh, I'll just figure it out myself. Yeah. But I can tell you how many times, probably like you, you've tried to figure it out yourself and it's cost you like a yeah. shit ton of money. And I'm not all for like, I, I appreciate what you're saying about like, come sit down with us, come like, come to our warehouse. A lot of bullshit out there. Yeah, too. yeah, for There's sure. Like an immense amount of bullshit. Right. Which is like, what's so, it pisses me off as an entrepreneur as well. Cause if somebody's putting money into something, you don't want them to get fucked. But I think that realistically, if you find the right people and, and the best way to start your entrepreneurial venture is to do it while you're still working. Yeah. You keep working, you keep your nine to five, yep. and you invest in things that can generate. And it's gonna revenue. like, I mean, and for this, it's not gonna matter. But if it's you know, for something else, like yeah, it's definitely the way to do it. And it's gonna suck for a little bit. But you could do it for you could do it for this too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Saying, like, if you if you work a full time job, say you're professional, say you're making like whatever a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars per year, right? Um, and you want and you wanna and you understand that your pension is gonna be shit. It's not gonna be great. You're trying to find ways to generate cash flow, yeah. like outside of your job. Right. There's a couple ways to do it, but I mean like. Is not a bad way to do it. Yeah. Think about the money that, you know, anything is going to generate significant revenue. Here's what I tell people. You have to invest in. Like, even, again, I'll bring it back to my, my reality, the podcast. I spent a lot more than 45000 bucks in ads for this. Yeah. Like, a lot more. Yeah. And that and now it makes money. But, like, fuck, like you, you spend money to yeah, make money. Yeah, you have yeah. to. You have to spend money to make money. And and I think, like, people have to understand that um, a little, like... It, any like if you can build any stream of passive income, that's the absolute best way to create wealth for yourself or for your family. 100%. Like you can't just like start investing into these things until you've created some type of passive income stream where you can generate the money. Because you know that's that's the one thing where I realized like the two businesses that I have like people need passive income and everybody needs their credit fixed. Like you know, like nine. They say one in three people, one in every three people, like ha they suffer from bad credit. You know, like it's just crazy. There's three people, and one of us got bad credit. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but you know, that's like that's that's you know, we try to we try to find things that are gonna be around for a while, like the stock market. I mean, it's just it's 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 we're in a we're in a scary place and a scary situation, like in terms of like the markets right now. Like yeah. it's just it's very uncertain, you know. Like in my opinion, I think we're gonna see definitely um it's gonna get worse before it gets better. You think that more people are now looking for because like obviously a lot of people go into real estate, a lot of people go into crypto, a lot of people go into like just like high volatility, like even like tech stocks and yeah. shit. Um do you think more people are gonna start moving towards investments like this do you see more people looking at it yeah i mean i think the problem the, the the one of the problems too is like again we talked about the whole like everybody started selling drop shipping right yeah. and it was like it, it there was a lot of people that did a really really bad job and gave gave the name the industry so to say a bad bad name Go on youtube you look up how to drop ship how much there's like thousands of videos yeah and it's like it's really sad because it obviously works or people yeah. wouldn't be selling on it right so it's like it obviously works and there's obviously hundreds and thousands of people that are selling on it so if, if you can do it the right way it's gonna work you yeah. know and so we try to do things just the right way and when we started doing that and started like you know again when you're when you're when i was a little bit younger and started first started making money like i wanted money 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 and then i as as i you know i'm like no i want longevity like i want to be able to sell my business you yeah. know like and so i like I like speed rest i'm like all in on everything so when i had an opportunity in business like i knew nothing about entrepreneurship but i was like i'm gonna figure it out all right, let's let's talk about okay, because like you also built out the second business. Yeah. So where where's your head at when you're building a business? The first one was kind of at, an, at a necessity. Yeah. And the second one, it's such a it's such a useful and explain what it is. Such a useful, but I thought like this is a, a weird business to be like sitting in bed at night and being like, 
I'm going to start a credit repair yeah. business, even though I've built this like e-com empire. It, it, <laughs> and I'd be like, I don't fucking know where to start. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's like a little bit. Over no, there. but it all started. It all started from, from e-commerce. Like I was trying to scale my store yeah. and I was like, I didn't have, I didn't have credit. Like my credit uh, sucked. So I was no like, yeah, yeah. So I was like, okay. And I honestly, I paid for credit repair and I got, I got screwed. Like I got screwed. It was like not, it was, they fucked my credit. Like, it made it worse. It was not really? good. And so I was like, okay, now I'm, I'm going to fix it. Cause nobody can fix it better than I'm going like, to, nobody's going to care more than I'm going to care. Right. So yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to figure it out. So I just started figuring it out and I started researching it. And again, it's something you can do yourself, right? Like you can do it yourself, but it's not easy. Right. Everybody can do it. Everybody can do it a different way. You know, we the way that we go about credit repair is, you know, we don't we don't use Experian. You know, I don't know anything about credit repair. All yeah. I know is that, like, okay, so I know that, um, like, there's TransUnion, Equifax. I think there's actually a third one in the U.S. and in Canada, there's only the two main ones. TransUnion, Trans Equifax, and Experian are the three bureaus. Oh, okay, okay. The three know, bureaus, yeah. And 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 those are the only. They, there's more, but those are the three main bureaus they go by. Okay, but and I do know that all you. The only trick I've ever learned is if you see something that's not on your report, you can like report it to one of the bureaus and try and like get it off. Yeah, but I'm sure there's like a lot other. There's a lot more. To like the you know the common thing. One one I I wanted to give when I figured out the process and I did it for myself. Okay, I want to back up because you know this because you're in it. How many people actually give a shit about their credit? Once they understand it, they give a shit. Okay, like. <laughs> A lot of people aren't educated on it. A lot of people don't know. I think, I think education. Yeah, a lot of people. A lot of people will just go and try to buy a car, and they'll be like, oh, "I'm sorry, like you know, your credit's not good enough." And they're like, "Oh, okay, well, maybe I should pay my credit cards, like you know, you know, pay my balance on." Like that's not it. Like it could be, you know, it can be something stemming back ten, you know, five, ten years down, you know, that you didn't even realize, you yeah. know, that Nordstrom credit card that you opened yeah. and just forgot or you moved in the bill, you know, that got lost and you, you know, whatever. Like and now you're sent to collections, right? And so you're like, why can't I get over a six fifty, you know, credit score? Well, because you have two collections from you know, 2011 on your credit report and it's still showing. And so believe it or not, like it, it's, it's not ever going to get better. Like, you know, it'll go up and down, but it will never get better until those things are actually handled. So believe it or not, like every person should care about their credit. Every person should know how to go and dispute some of these things because every time you go and apply or submit or give your name and information for anything and, and you know, their inquiries, they're, you know, they're, they're on your credit, you know, yeah. like they're showing on there. And so, there, there's a, there's a method to the madness. And like when people do, like you said, do people give a shit? Like once they understand it, they do. And then when they understand how it benefits them, then it becomes like addicting because highlight how, like how important it is. Like talk about like getting yeah. a car, getting yeah. a house, like all this stuff. And I the, mean, I think that, value yeah, I think the, the most, like the, the, the thing that people obviously aspire to have in life is like a house, a car, a family, you know, a successful job, accessible business. You know, I started my business with $0. I started my business off of credit, literally started my business off of credit. And when that clicked for me hand in hand, I was like, wait a minute. And even other businesses I have, like completely off of just having good credit and going to the bank and getting money, right? When I was a kid, my dad was like, use the debit card. Do not use the credit card. And I'm like, why? The credit card is terrible. But no, like we were fed that lie. Like no debit cards are trash. Like they're trash. They're absolute trash. And if you're going to spend the money, you might as well get the points. Right. Like, yeah. and so when I started seeing like people, like I have clients that make like three, four grand, some, you know, like every two, every two, three, four months, like on 
cashback rewards, like, you know, just from like spending, you know? So there's like, for me, it started one wanting to be able to help people. And when, with the e-commerce business, we obviously haven't had to have, have a price, you know, that was affordable for us that, you know, especially if we wanted to grow our business, that was going to be able to support this long term. And so I saw a need for a lot of people that wanted to get some type of business, but like they didn't know how. And so like when we when we take clients through the credit repair process, which is very simple, it's very hands-free. It's only a thousand dollars, it's nine hundred and ninety-seven dollars a one-time fee. Um, and we we take you through the process, not just of fixing your credit, but of taking you to the next step of getting funded. And that's when like your whole life can change, right? Like whether that's you know, you getting whatever you want to do or starting whatever job or whatever business or whatever that may be, you know, so we try to start there because we understand like, yes, you know, there's clients that can afford $45,000, like it's no big deal and start, you know, that that can do that. But there's a lot of people that, dang, they could really use $25,000, $3,500 a month of passive income, but they just don't have the cash. But if we can fix their credit, we can get them funded. Yeah. And they can make that at 0%. 12 to 18 months, we've been getting clients 0% interest, $100,000 to $200,000 sometimes. You know, it's, it's insane. 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 And these clients are turning around and yeah. making their money back in 12 to 18 months. And it's like, you know, it's like pretty. I just want to take a second to thank the sponsor of today's episode, Swag.com. Now, you know, if you've ever received a corporate gift or swag in the past, how many of those gifts did you actually keep? Probably not many which is probably because the stuff that you got was not so great. I've gotten uh, like a lot of stuff from trade shows and from companies in the past that I've just thrown out the second I get it. So this is why you need to check out swag.com. I've been on the receiving end of getting garbage gifts. I've also worked in companies where I only had access to a really, really small inventory of stuff that I wanted to give my customers and my employees, and I knew that it wasn't going to resonate. I knew that it was going to suck. So what is swag.com? Well, it's like... Swag upgraded. It's the best place to buy custom gifts and swag that people will actually want to keep. So they sent me a box because obviously they're sponsoring the show and I wanted to see what it's all about. I, you know, I've worked in businesses. I want to make sure that the quality of their stuff actually was up to my standards because I can tell you right now that when I get garbage, it goes right into the trash. It, like it really goes right into the trash the second I get back from the trade show or the conference or whatever. So I received one of the custom swag boxes from swag.com. I loved the unique packaging, so it was a beautiful unboxing experience. Uh, I love the actual products they sent me, and there's a whole bunch more that obviously they didn't send me, but the stuff that they did send was absolutely beautiful. It was very high quality, and I can only imagine that if I actually got this when I was working for companies, I probably would have actually used it. And to be honest, I'm going to start using them for people that work on my show and in my company as well because I know that this isn't just... uh, a novelty gift that somebody's going to throw out. It's stuff that they can actually use. They have so many unique and customizable gifts that I've never seen anywhere else. They have custom yoga mats. They have custom Apple AirPods. They even have branded kayaks, which I did not know was a thing. So they carry all these premium brands like North Face, Yeti, Nike, and more. And it's all customizable with your company's logo or artwork. Uh, with swag.com, they take care of all of your swag at their warehouse and they ship it to individual addresses. Or if you prefer, uh, you can just send it to a bulk location in one single shipment. It's easy to manage uh, from their online portal, which you obviously get access to. So if this is something 
that you think would benefit you. If you have clients or customers or a team and you want to go the extra mile and you actually want to give gifts that people appreciate, which is the whole point of giving these gifts in the first place, go to swag.com. Uh, for the perfect swag and custom gifts. Right now, they're giving everybody who's a Success Story podcast listener a special offer. It's 10% off your entire order, but only when you go to swag.com slash success and enter promo code SUCCESS10. Remember, for 10% off, go to swag.com slash success and use promo code SUCCESS10. It's like, it's like a cheat code. Yeah, it is a cheat So, okay, so then... So somebody realizes they they don't have good credit, or right. they've been going through life. If you've been going through life, and you haven't been paying attention to this. Probably your credit's not. You don't stable. have. You don't realize you don't have good credit until you like apply to, for the new apartment, yeah. or the car, and they're so like, "What, are the, I'm what sorry. are the things they do? What are the things that they should start doing that they, even they can do?" Like, yeah, I think the, the most important thing is like utilization makes up like one third of your credit score. Utilization is that like how much actual space is being taken up yeah. based on the limit that the banks have given you. So there was a point where my credit was, this is, this is why my credit was low because I didn't have credit cards. That's literally why so I didn't like, have like lines of credit. So I, yeah. So like I'm have, I'd have like a, you know, two, like a $5,000 credit card that I'm trying to like scale my business. And I'm like maxed out. Like, you know, it's like, so, so when they report, which they report, once a month, which every different every company reports once a month, usually at towards the end of the month, middle end of the month, you can call them and ask them, like, when do you report, right? Yeah. And the key would be to make sure that you're paying those balances off before they report. So any credit any credit card company, whether it's Chase, American Express, you know, whatever whatever company, you know, bank any any of them, they'll tell you they have to tell you when they're reporting your credit. So every day of 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 the month depending on what day it is, they'll tell you. And as long as you pay before that date, your utilization will always reflect that and your credit yeah. score will boost. So it's little things like that that can make a huge difference. Again, it's a lot of just being uneducated. You know, for us, we we actually tell people like, experience not bad, right? It's not, it, it's actually, it can, it can be a good thing for you. But when trying to repair your credit, it's a terrible thing. Because when you sign up for these apps like Credit Karma and Experian, et cetera, you give them the right to expose you. Like you give them the right to go and expose your information to banks and tell them basically every month this dude's got collections, do not give him anything. You know, next time he applies, absolutely not. He's got a collection. For what? For $300? My wife had a collection for $700 from her sorority. I'm like, are you far? Are you kidding me? So like we, we fixed it yeah. and her score went from like a 680. She's like a 790 now. Same. Which is like, you know, we've done some other things, but it's, you would just like, you would be surprised that, and some people don't even know it, yeah, you know, I like mean, they just don't know that like they said, have until it. they, until they apply for something, they don't know what's, what's sitting on the report. Right. So we say don't like credit, credit card experience, like an absolute no, no, they expose you, you know, they're exposing your information to the banks. There's, there's uh we use identity IQ, which is basically a fraud protection. It's more of a privacy protection where we can actually go in with the same capabilities that. You know these other platforms have, however, they're not affiliated with banks. Like they're, they're so you see everything. That you yeah, they're see, yeah. going. Yeah, exactly. You're seeing everything you want to see, but you're also able to be like dispute aggressively. So you can go through and dispute to the bureaus without them saying, "Oh, dude, this dude just went and disputed." Yeah. Is you know, it's it's kind of like they're shady. They're working together though, right? Like they're feeding each other money. Yeah. You know, so it's. Once we get them onto Identity IQ and we can see, you know, like we'll 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 set up a call and, and speak to them. Like 
It's not just like we want to educate clients on their credit. Like it's not just like, oh, we want to repair your client. Mean, yeah, we have some clients that just don't care. They just want it refixed. But like I tell my clients, we're like, we want to educate you, right? We so it doesn't want happen again. So it doesn't happen again. And so you know, because it's, if you once you know it's pretty easy to avoid, right? Like once you you know, like it's one, like you shouldn't go you sh usually you shouldn't go to collections unless you, you're being irresponsible, didn't pay anything. And then, you know, knowing some little things like one, like you know, specific lines of credit you want to have, you know, the utilization's huge. Um, you know, s s just there's lots of different tricks to the trade that. So, yeah, so you, so you, like, you keep your utilization down, you report shit that's inaccurate. Say, say somebody has gone to collections. Yeah. So, what do you, what do you do now? Is that stuff on there for good or do you, no, I mean, no, no, or? absolutely not. It's not on there for goods. I mean, a lot of times, like, we'll, we'll actually, like, they have to prove documentation that. You know, they can send you to collections once, but why did they don't keep those papers around? You know, them things yeah. are in the shredder long gone. Like, prove it, right? You know, so we're we're aggressive. And a lot of times, you know, it is like like a like they didn't mean for it to happen. It was just a mistake. It was a miscommunication. You know, it was Dude, I've had cell phone bills that yeah. paid off and accounts closed. Exa and shit's or yeah. it was the other party's response, like fault. Like there was no email, there was no communication. Yeah. Like, you know, so it, it, sometimes you know it's 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 just it's about going through the process right you have to know the right way to go through it you have to submit the right letters you have to speak the right language you have to know ultimately the way to go about it and that's by giving them as little information as possible right yeah. like it's better to just be like i don't know what this is this is i did not do like you know don't and, and i tell people all the time if you have a collection don't pay it the really? worst thing you can do is pay a collection Really, and once it's paid, like you're like, oh my gosh, yeah. I paid the collection. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but see, it's like it's not, nah, dude. It's it's, it's life. I'll it, it, it will out. fall <laughs> off eventually. It will fall off eventually, but it will still stay on there for a while. You know what I mean? Even though it's paid, it's like, oh yeah, collection. But he paid it, but he's still looking at the collections, and we're still going to penalize him for it, even though he paid it. So it's like, yeah. See, that's the thing. Like they don't teach you shit in school. They don't. And this is not teaching school. I, first of all, I flunked school. I didn't. I don't know how I. But meant, but you got to yeah. learn this stuff to be smart because I can guarantee you. That banks will not be helping you through this no. process. No, I mean they Collections because they they don't want to help you. Why they want the highest the higher interest rate? They want the higher APR. Like yeah. they want you to have bad credit. You know what I mean? Because that's where they're 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 able to, to tax those rates on to to get the the money that you know banks don't have money. Yeah. They're making money off of our money. You know what I mean? So it's like hundred percent. So if you have if you have okay, so you have shitty credit. Is you you. Like all the low utilization, you make sure that you're getting shit off that shouldn't be there. Uh, you're like using other things that don't communicate with banks. Um, what about like like getting cards and stuff? Like, are there cards that you should get that like help you out? Is that yeah, there's definitely a process. Uh, obviously, we got to repair the credit first, right? Yeah. If you need your credit fixed, you got to repair the credit. And there's other different ways other than. Should you apply for cards if you have low credit? Or is that going to? I, I would I would say no. Like it's just going to add more to you know like. It's gonna add more to your report, right? So it's like instead of adding, let's just be patient, let's fix it. You know, yeah. let's understand the long term vision of this. You know, it's not gonna be fixed in, you know, sometimes 30 days, but very rarely, you know, it just takes some 30, 60, 90 days, you know, a little bit of time, sometimes longer. You know, if I've I've seen very, very very i mean i you can't show me a credit credit score that's worse than I've seen. Like yeah, yeah. you know, and it's just it's it's sad. It really is sad. You know, like it really is sad because people aren't educated on it enough um how did the uh the company that you use how did they fuck you over like what did they do it was like i gave him my money and then i'm like well, like because no, i, I want to be like what's the red flag that people look go for when I, I think like i did one one my credit score got worse like i'm like why is it getting worse <laughs> like 
You know, and, and I don't know, maybe I was doing something wrong, but if I was doing something wrong, they should have educated me, right? 100%. They should have told me. And so, you know, we always educate. Like, if we're fixing your credit, like, please do not go apply for a credit card. Yeah. Like, please do not go try to buy a car. Like, let us just do what we need to do. And we move quick. Like, we, you know, if you get signed up with us today, I mean, you're going to have disputes by tomorrow that are in action. You know what I mean? So, and that's all able to be seen. We have a client dashboard that we've built that, is very accessible for our clients to see every little thing that we're doing. Um, and, and it's a benefit to them. And like I said, I, maybe it was something I screwed up in this company, but like, it's important that you educate people on it, you know? And so for me, it's like, I like to educate people on it because it's like kind of a cheat code, like 100%. really, you know? And it's like, I used to love when I was a kid. You think that's like that's, the most, you think that's the biggest differentiator? Like as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, you think that's the biggest differentiator that you offer? Like, because you don't just provide the service. Right. I mean, that, yeah, I, we've become more of an education platform because I like it, right? Yeah. Like, it's cool to see people win, you know? And, like, when you see people that are like, oh, my God, I just got a $25,000 credit line. Like, you know, that may not be a lot to some people, but, like, that to a lot of people, that's a lot. You know, that can do a lot. And then when you start understanding, like, dang, you can transfer debt. You mean I have a, had debt on this credit card and I can transfer it to this and this and this and get points for it and X, Y, and Z? Like, there's a lot of things that we try to do to educate them. And then even from like the travel side, like, you know, there's like, think about how many people that spend money all the time and they never got to go on a family vacation. Like they should be able to go on a family vacation at least every couple of years based on the amount of points that their mom or dad or the family had to spend through the year on credit cards because they couldn't make it that week, but they don't know it. Like this is all cheat codes of life that we want to educate people on. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That's where I get purpose in life. You know what I mean? Like making people money while making money and then educating people on how to, to go and do it themselves. You're going to start more businesses after this one or is this like? We're like super focused on on our on our e-commerce business yeah. right now. We're growing and we're super excited. I mean, we're just, we're really clicking on all cylinders. Um, and like my team's you, okay, just done so an how awesome did you, job. How did you, okay, so like lessons you learned. Um, I want to I wanna do like entrepreneurial lessons because you've built a couple of businesses yeah. now. But lessons that you learned building um, the credit company how did you scale that one up how'd you start it? how'd you scale it up the people the tools the tech yeah i mean just started again you know doing it myself you know everything i've started doing There's it myself and then you know hiring some people to limit your workload right and then from there like then okay how how can these couple people that we've hired to limit our workload become my my head guys yeah. that can take the business the and run it and i just hire for like what's the first thing you don't want to do <laughs> anything on a computer <laughs> like anything on a computer any of that like i love talking to people i love working with the client i love like you know i love selling like i love get yeah. like bringing the opportunity to people and then building a relationship with them but i hate computers i honestly like hate all like the back end of everything i do but it's so important right and I, it's like it's like i'm so adhd that like i have to really like focus okay okay this is important even though it doesn't seem important, like this is really important, you know? So it's like, I just don't like it, so I don't wanna do it. Like, but that's what, like I said, my brother in law has been freaking phenomenal. My credit business, we've just been able to find some really solid people that, again, have kind of grown with me over the last two years of that business. And again, I like, as we scale, like I'm able to pay, pay these people more and hire people more. Like, you don't, don't start with too much, right? Like, don't yeah. start with too much. Keep it simple, stupid. You know, that's what they say. And like, so for us, it's just like, you know, you said, are you going to start any, any more businesses? Like if the right business comes along, yeah, but like I'm not in a hurry. You know, the one thing I've, some mistakes I have done is I've gotten into, I've lost money. I've gotten into bad businesses. I've 
you know, done made poor decisions because what's the, what's the worst like worst mistake you want to talk about? Oh, like I think honestly, the probably the 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 dumbest was like the whole like shit coin market, like the, <laughs> like just like yeah. I've lost I lost hundreds of thousands of dollars on stupid shit. Just and it's like I'm just amazingly like, everybody would win and I would never win and I would always constantly. I think a lot lose. of people lost. I think I think people like they seem like they're winning. But yeah, no, nah, I'm not. like I'm definitely not up. So no, that's good, man. No, I think that like just. Like coming from zero business background, I think people overcomplicate starting shit. Yeah, I think that the one thing that you mentioned that was actually super interesting was your mindset, um, and it was like being slightly fearless about yeah. starting things. Exactly. Um, if you were gonna talk to an entrepreneur and and tell them advice for starting something from scratch, what would be your advice or your recommendation? Is it mindset? Is it just do more, start shit? What is it? I think the most important thing is like take the first step. Like it's so freaking uncomfortable in the beginning. Like it is really, really uncomfortable. And you're gonna go through some situations that are just really hard. And you're gonna like, dude, there's so many times where I'm like, ah, this is never gonna work. Like this isn't gonna work, right? Like it's just not so I think I think the biggest thing is like just in the beginning, understand you're gonna be uncomfortable. And and when you're uncomfortable, like that's really when you're growing. And so, like, even now there's times in my business, like, it's been uncomfortable lately, right? We just got this new warehouse. We just hired 20 new employees. We just stripped a warehouse, painted a warehouse, yada, yada, X, Y, and Z. Like, you know, so there's a lot of things that we're doing that are, you know. So I would say don't, you know, don't overcomplicate it. Um... And and make sure that again, like you're you wh- whoever you're aligning yourself with, whoever you're surrounding yourself with, like always aligns with your values too, you know. And so that that's kind of been the biggest thing for us is like just anybody that does work for us, like you know, this is who we are, this is what we stand for, we do things the right way, and then it just pays off. It seems like it continues to come back and and benefit us by just doing things the right way. After. After starting this, uh, you know, when you first started selling um, Amazon, you were doing drop shipping yourself. Have your priorities changed, like in your life? Like, what's what's the most important thing to you now? Oh, I mean, the most important thing to me is uh, my faith and my family. My daughter, I have a daughter. She's freaking gorgeous. She's coming to see me tonight. She's on her way down here right now. I'm super excited to see her. But that's definitely the most important thing. And the next is like just being being good, right? Like it's hard. Like I have business partners and. Dude, there's times where they probably think I'm like a loose cannon, you know, but like I want people to win so badly. Right. Like I just want people to win. I I, I don't get fulfillment like, me, dude, I, I, I swear, like I don't get fulfillment. Like I can make so much money and it doesn't give me fulfillment. But when I make other people money, it gives me so much fulfillment. Interesting. It's yeah, it's like works, and, yeah. and and I like in the beginning I'm like I gotta make more money because it's not it's like not enough not enough not enough not enough like it's not fixing you know yeah but like I really get joy like I said like kind of like you know I like I get joy from that like it brings me joy you know and so I don't know no it's good man no I appreciate you. I appreciate you yeah. man, for doing this like um I I think that your story is is probably one of the most inspirational stories like there's people that have incredible stories yeah. for sure but there's not a lot of people. That had such like you were so laser focused right. on what your life was gonna be, and then when you have that rug pulled out from yeah. underneath you, and you hit like like talking like suicidal thoughts, yeah. jail, rock bottom. drugs, like that. That is true. <laughs> like you can't like yeah. literally more rock bottom. Than and that's like dead. that's why it's bigger than entrepreneurship for me because yeah. it's like. The, like me coming on like this podcast is an opportunity for me. Like if I like I don't I don't need any business from this podcast. Like it's my story is bigger than my business. You know what I mean. Yeah. And so it's like, 
wanting pe- you know there's people out there that are freaking hurting right now like our world's <laughs> our world's fucked up right now it's, it's not good up. you know what i mean like and people are really sad like i've 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 i have mental health issues i i work on them yeah. daily on the daily because i'm conscious of that right so i know there's somebody that's going to hear this podcast that's going to be like you know what i've been in the same spot i felt the same way yeah. whether you can it's not like it's not a, it's about what you can relate with right your story doesn't have to be the same but what can you relate no, with but you, you understand that like listen I'm watching I'm watching Zeke and and he hit rock bottom mm-hmm. and I'm going through shit right now yeah and if if he can figure this shit out and come in on the other yeah. side like that's the whole point of this at the end of the day yeah. this, this whole podcast meant to be like yeah tactical and you learn some shit yeah. but you understand that people that are like you look at your social you like you look like like successful like you yeah. look successful you have a beautiful wife you have you know nice things you bit successful business but you have to understand there's like always stories behind it. Right. Nobody, very few people wake up and get that day one. Oh, yeah, for sure. And a lot of people go through a lot of shit to get that. Yeah. And that's what I try and bring in. That's, yeah, and I still I go through story, I man. still go through shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like even 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 now, like I still go through like I said, like I told you, you know, my father passed away in December. You know, he lost the battle with cancer. And it's like I could choose to just like sit down and pout and be miserable, but you know what? Like, there's somebody else out there that just probably lost their dad too. You know what I mean? From the same situation. And if I can rise up, I can keep going and I can keep succeeding and keep winning. So can you. So can that person. And same thing. I went to jail. I was in jail for for a year. Like, people like when you go to jail, they count you out. Yo, you're done. You're a bum. You're a waste. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I was determined not to be that. Like, I think you were not going to know me as a freaking jailbird. Like, you weren't, you know? And so if, if that's you, like, if that's you and that's you in the situation, like, look, look at me. You know what I mean? Like, you can do the same. It's not going to happen tomorrow or even next week or next month or probably next year. But if you keep one step at a time and you just believe, like, it manifests. Manifestation is huge. You know, I manifest all the time. Manifested all this. Literally, you asked my wife. I manifested. She's she's brunette now, but I man, manifested a blonde hair, blue eye girl, <laughs> and I was gonna buy her a white G wagon. And that's yeah. exact. She she took a picture in front of a white G wagon, and I thought it was hers. And she showed up in like this beat up red Audi, and I was like, "You just catfished me, right?" I thought you were. I thought you were like. But I said, "You know what, baby? I'm gonna buy you a white G wagon." Yeah. And like those are the things that I'm able to do now because. I don't have fear. I just, I just, I have faith. I just step. I, I move. Okay. If something feels right, if something feels aligned, if I feel like something is a good idea and it's going to benefit me, I don't sit and wait and ponder on it and say, let me think about it for a week or two weeks because by that point, I'm definitely not going to do it. Right. Yeah. So it's like, if I have, you know, it's like, it's if, if God's giving you the spark, if the universe is whatever's giving you this internal spark or voice, do it act on it just do it you know what i mean just take action and so me in my life the reason i've been successful is because i've taken action that's it if doors have opened i've walked through them like not everything's a scam yeah. like you know what i mean not everything there's a lot of scams out there i've been scammed a lot not not everything's a scam you know lean what in, lean in once in a while lean in once in a while yeah. and and take a chance and, and do due diligence right dude that's why we tell come see us come visit us yeah. come meet us let's get on the call let us educate you like if you just send me your money tonight, like that's you know great, we'll take care of you, you know. You know but yeah, but that's not smart. That's not it's not smart. Yeah, but we, yeah, we, and again, we want to we want to build the relationship with you because, like, it's it's it, this this opportunity is really like any in today's age, you anybody can start a business 100%. anywhere. Whether it, you're well. in your bedroom, you can do it. You know, look at yeah. I me. Mean, anybody can start their e-commerce store today, and never work if they figured out they never work another day in their life. Never. Um, I want to do a couple of rapid fire closes though. Before I pivot, where should people go check you out? All the websites, all the social. Where do you want to send people? Yeah, um, credits-wipe.com. Yeah, credit-wipe.com, and it's easyecom.com. It's 
easy letter easy ecom with two m's ecomm.com and uh on on instagram as well that's probably the best way to get in touch with me uh which is zeke.pike and those are the best i mean instagram is definitely the best way to get in touch with me um i can leave my you know i can we can leave i'll do the show notes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. don't worry about that my email all that information and but yeah if you mean if you reach out you know we'll we'll help you you know in any way shape form or fashion that we can um and that's just what we want like we just want people to win you know and honestly like that's that's why we have good relationships that's why clients keep bringing no, us you're passionate clients. as hell about it i yeah. know I, I don't know i think it translates to the camera but i, I like, in the <laughs> same room you're passionate as hell it's cool. <coughs> very good okay uh, let's do a couple rapid fire to close this out um what keeps you up at night now what keeps me up at night yes sir as in as in like what is the thing in your life and your business that's stressing you the fuck out that you don't know how to deal with I think this is something that I've dealt with all the time as an entrepreneur is because I, I feel like I have to do everything in one day, right? Well, like, same I, 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 I can't do it tomorrow. Yeah. So it's like for me, understanding that I, I can do it tomorrow, and if tomorrow doesn't come, then I don't have to do it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So, you know, but I always, like, look at it like that. Like, you know, don't, you know. So for me right now, my, my biggest stress is, like, my anxiety. We're getting this new place together, Yeah. you know anxious for hiring new employees what if they just what if they just suck what if they're really good you know like all these different things well you want the best you want the best where it's like i have to check myself how do you check yourself how do you center yourself now one i mean i meditate like i said i'm super spiritual i'm in tune with 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 god and in my faith and that's huge for me in just terms of making conscious decisions with what i do and anything you know i put that first and then you know ultimately just try to continue to um you know Put myself in positions to to really, you know, be a light for somebody else, you know. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Um, what's the biggest challenge you've had in your life? The one thing, there's been many, but like the one thing that sticks out. I mean, I, I'll be honest, like losing my dad was but was 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 rough. And that one was like probably the one that hit me the most. And you know, I still I'm still dealing with it right now, you know. It's and, fresh, and yeah, it's super fresh. And so it's like that's definitely been the hardest thing. But besides that, I would say it's just like being so low to where I felt like there was no way out and and feeling like my life was over. What did you learn from that? I learned it's not. You know, I learned no matter how rough life gets, no matter how tough. And that's why I was able to ha- – I mean, I'm not perfect, but I'm able to handle losing my dad, right? Because I know, one, my dad's in heaven right now. I know that he's watching over us, and I know that he would be super proud of me, you know? So Amen. for me to continue to to move forward is about just, you know, handling things right when I've learned that through being in the darkest times in the past where, you know, I continued to, to, to move. I didn't give up. I didn't quit. I didn't put my finger on the sugar and pull it. You know what I mean? And for that, I'm still here and I have all of this that I never imagined I would ever have. You know, I wanted it, but then when you start to get it, you're like, wow, you know, like it really is incredible, you know? And so I'm super grateful in my life. You know, I'm blessed. I have an amazing daughter. My wife is, is gorgeous. I have businesses. We're making money. Our clients are happy. You know, and all of this is like super. It's just it's it's remaining grateful and, and understanding like days days are still gonna suck. Like I still have sucky days and still have tough days, but it's those dark moments that I realize like you know, get the fuck up, bro. Yeah. Keep going. You know, you're tired. You're laying around. Like those are the days that you have to get up. The days that you don't want to the most are the days that you have to do it. Uh, there's been many people in your life that have impacted you. Who's one person? What did they teach you? How did they impact you? 
Mm. I would say my dad, my dad for sure, hundred percent. And and for that for it for him, it was just being present, being present. And it's so easy for us to miss so many amazing memories and amazing moments in, in life because we're so distracted by everything that's going on around social media, you know, TikTok, all this crazy shit that, you know, we just live in such a high, like there's so much st stimulation. Yeah. yeah. And, and being present, like the one thing that my dad did for us was he was present. Like he was there, he was present. And when he was there, he wasn't on his phone. He wasn't scrolling through Instagram. Like he was present. You know what I mean? He was with us. Yeah. And so like, that's super important. And like a lot of people miss a lot of great relationships and a lot of great opportunities in their life because they're not present. You know, they're concerned, they're consumed. What keeps you up at night? Like just be present, be in the present moment, you know? And so that's like the greatest gift that he's giving me. I practice it every day now and I'm like, I'm far from being good at it, but I know that it's something that truly gave him peace, right? Even though he had all the money and all the big, he had everything. Yeah. He wasn't on his phone when it when he was at dinner and in, 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 in like in, in in situations that he was just present. So, good. Yeah. Um, a book or podcast or something that's impacted your life. Um, probably Think and Grow Rich was was one of the yeah. books. I mean, I'm not a big reader. I'll be honest. I hate. I I I I I don't say I hate reading. I'm more of a audio book guy. Same, actually. I can't like sit I like, like I'm like, like yeah. yeah. So I like listen to them while I'm working out. Um, that's been good. You know, I I listen to a lot of different podcasts. It's just you know, more for me. It's like I, like I said, you know, I I'm very tuned to my faith. You know, I get a lot yeah. of of answers for, from that. Um, one thing to tell your 20 year old self start like start you know like I thought I had to be an adult like I thought I had to like grow up right to start my businesses and start making money and it's not like there's such an opportunity right now for you to start whatever it is you want to start whether you're still in high school or mid middle school you know kids are out here getting it right now yeah. and and a lot of people don't understand that and so for 20 years old it's like look if, if you're miserable where you're at you're miserable in your job and you're miserable with everything else that that's going on, stop, quit. You know what I mean? Keep, keep going. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No. And last question, what does success mean to you? Success to me. I mean, this is, this is, this is where it was like for a while success was, was, was all about like having the money, the cars, you know, all of that. Right. And for me now it's not, it's like being a great husband, great father, and ultimately like leaving a legacy for my family taking care of my mom, right? She's going through it right now, taking care of her, taking care of my brother, my sister. Like for me, it's just about leaving an impact on this life that like my dad left, right? The same impact he left and I'm so far from it, but wanting to leave a greater impact than I ever thought like football could ever imagine. You know, like football is like, well, you know, it's only, you know, it, it, I'm destined for more. I'm, I'm designed for more than that, you know? And so now it's just about being able to not just, you know, help people make money and fix their credit, but, hopefully along the way form a relationship with them or have an opportunity to share something with them. Cause you know, I get, I get joy from that. I get peace from that. Not only that, like I get healing from that too. You know, I yeah. get healing from sharing my story. I get healing from talking to somebody else. I get healing from listening to somebody else because it reminds me, you know, like I'm very easy to, you know, think the world's good and go make a bad decision because not because it's bad because things are good. Like go get, it's a cool, go, you know, go, go get loose, you know, go do this or that. And it's like, nah, like I'm a husband, I'm a father. You know, I want to be that when, when I'm not here anymore. You know, I want to be known for that. I want to be known for the dude that, you know, fucked up and went to jail, you know? Like, and so for me, you know, every day I wake up, it's like, I want to be great. I want my legacy to be greater when I leave here, you know, for my kids, my future son, daughter that's not even born yet. You know, it's like, that's what I want to leave.
I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show and NetSuite has been a huge supporter for entrepreneurs, for business owners, because there's one thing that we all know. Business is about making money and it's about your bottom line. And the less you spend on the nuts and bolts of running your business, the more profits you keep. But these days, everything is costing more. Supplies, people, shipping. It squeezes your margins. And I've been there juggling multiple systems for finance, inventory, you name it each with its own costs and its own set of headaches. That's why I made the switch to NetSuite by Oracle. It's changed our company. Think about it. NetSuite is one of the top financial systems out there. It puts your whole business on one platform, accounting, finance, the works, one data source for everyone. There's no more mismatched info. And because it's in the cloud, it slashes your IT costs. No more servers, no more updates. Just access NetSuite from anywhere. With one integrated suite, your overhead drops big time. And here's the real win. Efficiency. Everything's connected in NetSuite. Costs are ridiculous lately. Find a proven way to reduce your expenses and get better performance out of your team. It's a no-brainer, and that's what NetSuite offers. Over 37,000 companies have figured this out already. You have to join them. Right now, through to April 15th, NetSuite's got an incredible, flexible financing plan. Check it out and see the savings yourself at netsuite.com slash scottclary. That's netsuite.com slash scottclary. Hiring as a small business owner is a major pain. That's why LinkedIn is supporting today's episode. You need people with the right skills and experience, but finding them can take forever. It is incredibly frustrating to keep seeing candidates who just aren't a good fit, and that's why LinkedIn Jobs has been a game changer. Let me tell you a little story. We needed to hire a graphic designer, somebody with specific tech and software knowledge and the ability to truly understand our brand. And I started with all the usual job boards, and it's the same old story. Tons of irrelevant applications. No one's really matching my needs. I tried LinkedIn Jobs, and the quality of candidates was just on another level. People with impressive portfolios, relevant expertise. I finally felt like I was interviewing the right people. That's truly the power of LinkedIn's massive professional network. You're tapping into this huge pool of talent you simply wouldn't find on other sites. It's about finding those niche candidates you actually need. And with the right people in front of you, hiring becomes a breeze. Did you know that 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate on LinkedIn Jobs within 24 hours. That is how well their system works. Honestly, do yourself a favor and try LinkedIn Jobs next time you're hiring. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash excellence. That's linkedin.com slash excellence. Terms and conditions apply, but it's definitely worth trying out. I don't know about you, but the idea of being harassed, scammed, or even worse, all because somebody found my personal information online, that's terrifying. Our political opinions, our addresses, even stuff about our families, it's out there for anyone to grab. And did you know that data brokers are allowed to sell information on over 98% of Americans? It's scary stuff. That's why I've partnered with Delete Me. I personally use Delete Me. They're a big friend of the podcast because I put myself out there online. So safety is a huge concern. It's really scary how easy it is to find someone's details and information, but Delete Me creates a layer of protection that we all need. You tell Delete Me what you want gone, and they make it disappear from those sketchy data broker sites. And Delete Me doesn't stop. They constantly monitor the web to keep your information off those lists. It's like having a privacy watchdog that never sleeps. You need to take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. They're giving a special discount for all Success Story podcast listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com 
Com slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash success and enter code success at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash success. Hey everyone, I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Now I don't have a lot of liquor sponsors on this show. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is actually one of my favorites. I've drank it for a few years now, and this is why we actually decided to work together. Heaven Hill Distillery, family-owned since 1935, is a great entrepreneur story, too. So there's five brothers. They filled their first whiskey barrels back in 1935, and their legacy still lives on today. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is aged over seven years. That's three more than required by the Bottled and Bond Act of 1897. This means the best quality, the best purity, and the best consistency. This is not just average bourbon. It's the winner of the double gold medals at multiple 2023 World Spirits competitions, and they've won the very prestigious Triple Still Award. It's a very big deal in the liquor and bourbon world. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond boasts an exceptionally smooth oak flavor, while its aroma offers a sweet blend of caramel and smooth vanilla. If you love bourbon, you need to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Think back to your last few days in the office. Did any of them leave you feeling really accomplished? Not the kind of day where you're running around like crazy, but where you've made real progress on something that matters. Because being busy doesn't always mean being productive. And I bet you we've all been there. And maybe it's time to rethink what it means to get things done. Today's episode is sponsored by Belay, and what they help you do is, instead of getting sucked into emails and to-do lists, they help you delegate tasks and focus on big goals. They can connect you with top-notch U.S.-based talent who are ready to take on those time-consuming tasks that bog you down. Let's be real. There are way more important things you could be doing than bookkeeping or wrangling a packed inbox. They have virtual assistants to handle all of those pesky administrative tasks or accounting professionals to take care of all your financials. But here's the best part. You don't have to waste weeks searching for the right person. Belay's personalized matching service works quickly, sometimes matching you with the right talent to take stuff off your plate in under a week. Are you ready to try a different way of working? Check out Belay's list of the top 25 things you can delegate to a virtual assistant. It might just change your business and your life. Text SUCCESS, that's S-U-C-C-E-S-S, to 55123 to get the list and to start transforming your to-do list with Belay. 